0: you're listening to orange and blue blood hosted by ej stewart and tommy beard let's get to it new york let's begin with scott perry so new days steve Hopper is reporting that the knicks general manager will not be retained when his contract expires this summer perry was hired by former team president steve mills in 2017 and stayed on in the gm capacity when leon rose took over in 2020 he was given a two-year extension uh, in 2021, but has seen his influence in the organization diminished with the arrivals of uh, uh, Executive Vice President uh, Worldwide West, uh, William Wesley, and Senior Basketball Advisor, uh, Gerson Rosen. So uh, during pen- uh, Perry's tenure, the Knicks made the playoffs twice, including the advanced past first round uh, for the first time since 2013. They also signed the likes of Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, among others. They traded away Carmelo Anthony and Chris Dasporzingis. Acquired Josh Hart via trade and have drafted RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, and Quentin Grimes. So really the the foundation for this new era of Knicks basketball really is kind of wrapped around the Scott Perry era as general manager. So I'll ask you first before we get into like where he ranks in history and kind of how you see the job he did. Were you surprised to hear about this news that Perry will be out at the end of the summer?
1: I'm not um I to, to be honest I was surprised that he was retained by Rose or, and then signed an extension um because as we know once uh, once Rose came in you know he was a, a highly respected executive one of the top clients um agents uh, in the in in the in the uh you know uh, the agency world spectrum uh, certainly among yeah. Um, you know in, in basketball circles his his clientele was was top tier um so you know he comes you know um dolan brings him in he brings worldwide west as, as part of his you know part of his team with him they bring in Walt perrin um as assistant gm um so I, I thought it made sense to keep scott perry around keep some continuity you know get a familiarity with the people you know not only the players but the staff and you know um you know dealing with dolan just kind of you know in any job you kind of ideally you'd prefer to have somebody that knows the ropes kind of show you around. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Um, with Scott Perry, I thought you know maybe they'd let him go you know once his first contract um, would have expired, but they inked him to a two year extension. So it seems like they had a good working relationship. Um, but you know all things considered, I, I think it was only a matter of time before um, those two guys parted ways. And you know you know Perry probably wanted a little more input. Um, you know reading the tea leaves there, and then Leon Rose may have wanted somebody that you know that serving as GM that was was handpicked. Um, you know there's talk that it might be Rosas, um, who sounds like he was point on the. Danny Ainge the discussions with Danny Ainge regarding Donovan Mitchell um so, so there's all that stuff to consider so uh, you know long story short um I wasn't shocked uh, when, when I heard the news you know the timing seemed a little bit odd but you know again his, his contract was up this summer so probably makes sense for for both sides to move on
0: yeah I'm not surprised as well because as you noted it was a little bit of a mini surprise when he was retained I think one of the reasons why he was retained as general manager was when Leon Rose was hired. Remember, he was hired essentially in the middle of a season. Um, you know, uh, you had you know, um, uh, well, I don't, uh, why is forgetting his name? Steve Mills. I don't know why I blanked his name for a second. Steve Mills was fired in the middle of a season. Uh, Dolan and he didn't let the season play out. He actually hired um, the Rose you know, towards the end of that season. And remember the last game during that season was RJ Barrett, you know, hitting the bucket against the Rockets and Leon Rose was there. And then the pandemic happened. And that was the end of the next season at that point. So I had Leon Rose probably been hired in the off season, I would have thought that maybe he would have had a full off season, say, Okay. Let me get my own general manager in here. But because of the way the dynamics of the season were, I think he decided to keep him on. So that was why I think he stayed. I'm most surprised he's been here for this long. So uh that's I guess a credit to him and a credit to the fact that he was able to uh, shift gears really quickly after working with Steve Mills for those years and and, and ingratiate himself into the Leon Rose camp and uh, I, I, I I'm not surprised. So I, at the end of the day i I, I, I look forward to where uh, Perry goes. I, I think to me he stayed on longer because in a way this became like a resume booster like to me maybe he wasn't, as influential as most GMs and other organizations, there are some teams that don't have presidents, they just have a general manager, like for example, the Golden State Warriors, which was the whole issue with you know Bob Myers. Um, like so, so sometimes general manager essentially is running basketball operation. Rob Polinka was a general manager, then recently got promoted to president after the whole Matthew Johnson ordeal. So for him, he could say, Look, I was the general manager of a team that had no playoff success at all, and you know, now we went to you know the second round of the playoffs, they're in a much better position. Uh, than when I got them so I think when he goes to his next job he can say hey I could be a person that could be hired as a president of basketball operation or a vice president of basketball operation or a general manager role that will allow him to really kind of have all his tentacles on the team I think that Scott Perry has shown that he deserves that opportunity and I hope he gets it
1: yeah I, I can't disagree with you um you know anyone that's um been around him has had nothing but kind things to say about him in um, covering the team, um, you know, for all those uh, many years going back. Um uh, Perry was the one guy, um, I had to sit down in the, uh, executive office with the, with, with him and Mills up in Westchester. You know, he seemed, he just had a, you know, had it again, every, you know, kind and generous with his time and, um, yeah. you know, all those, those things that, uh, that lends oneself to be successful, um, in any walk of life. Um, amazing story. Um, his father's, uh, uh, his relationship with the Steelers and then the Rooney family. Um, so, uh, uh truly remarkable path he kind of carved and yeah, I agree with you what he could go on TV and have some success yes, um so you know, so. there's a ton of options out there for them, um and like you said it just uh you know it made sense for um you know both of those guys for rose to kind of want more input and Puts hand selected somebody, um, you know, and then and then uh, for for Perry as well to just kind of uh, you know go out on his own. And, and as you said, there's 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 and I think you put it perfectly. The Knicks are in a better position today than they were when he was first hired. And there are a lot of organizations we've you know, and every year yeah. there's you know there's they you know lack of draft capital, and they just needs yeah. somebody to kind of get, get the ship on the on the straight and narrow. And that's what what Perry can certainly claim uh, on his way out of New York.
0: Yeah, I mean, most, you know, fire general managers, and this he this wouldn't be a firing, but well, a lot of fire general managers are guys who aren't in work right now. A lot of them can't say that. A lot of them can't say the last job they were at, that they left their job in a better position than when they got it. So the fact that Perry can now say that he can go to other teams, I don't know, Washington apparently is looking for someone to run that organization. Maybe this is his way to get over there. Then he can say, hey, there's a job out there. They need a real basketball operation, not somebody who's kind of, you know, under the tutelage or under leadership of someone else like so so i I hope again i hope he gets that opportunity i think he deserves it to me like i think history will look at scott perry favorably for his nick tenure but i think when you look at nick general managers is a long list of (laughs) very incompetent people and perry will not be on that list because i think when you talk about again the team that we have now it has perry's tentacles kind of all over you know he was involved with the drafting rj barrett he signed Julius Randle, and that what felt like at the time a disastrous offseason where you don't get uh, Kevin Durant, you don't get Kyrie Irving. It felt like this was a front office that it had failed miserably. And then, you know, they acquired a guy who, say what you want about him, the guy is a two time All NBA player, two time All Star, and has been uh, a star player for a team that is now pointed up as opposed to pointed down, which is where Perry got them. Of course, again, he joined that Leon Rose front office. And still found a way to, uh, to, to make an imprint to the point where uh, Rhodes would keep him around in, in the front office. And all the moves that happened since then, bringing in Emmanuel quickly, bringing in Obi Toppin, bringing in Quinn Grimes, bringing in Josh Hart. All those things, Perry, he had uh, uh, you know some kind of saying, you know, or at least he was a part of the team that was approving these moves. So, I mean, when I look at Scott Perry, he's got to be one of the better Nick general managers they've had in a really long time uh i was thinking about maybe clink Grunwald, but like even he brought in Bariani, so i don't know how much i want to credit want to give him but i think history will look favorably at Perry when it's all said and done
1: yeah no question in terms of yes he's definitely um one of the most successful gms since kind of the grunwald um uh, check its days and now now that's not saying much it's a very low bar,
0: bar the bar is the floor
1: so. The bar is the floor, you know. In the, in the in the in the the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, so to speak. You know, so, um, so uh, that being said, uh, you know, and we kind of mentioned it, but it is important to just kind of reflect back on exactly where the Knicks were when Perry arrived in 2017, and that is a mess, a nightmare, a cluster, yeah. uh, you know what of a franchise. <laughs> um, they just traded a first-round pick for Banyani. Um, you know, uh, Mills had, had had signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to that ridiculous four-year, $71 million contract. And don't Awful. forget Ron Baker to a two-year, $9 million deal with a player Awful. option um, inexplicably. Um, I was looking at that, and I, and I wrote it about it this morning. I was looking at the five highest paid players on the roster that, that Perry inherited. So that's a 2017-2018 Knicks, five highest paid players. And it's Cantor making $20.5 Kim Noah making 17.7 million Tim Hardaway jr making 16.5 million Courtney Lee making 11.7 million. and Lance Thomas making 6.6 million. those are the five highest paid players on an NBA roster um and that's the roster that, that Scott Perry inherited um yep, that's why they you, were drafting number three that's why they got RJ right. Barrett that next season right 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 so like so so, so it was actually the it was the Knox t- draft. And, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second, right. that you know, before the, the arch of everyone, but, um, true, right, yeah. um, but I, I, and I think it's important to discuss kind of the delineation point when Rose arrived, because as you mentioned, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, the current Knicks team has its thing, you know, has Perry's fingerprints on them. Um, but it's kind of yeah. hard to give Perry credit for, um, the signing of Brunson when we know that there was a lot of Rose involved and right. and, and the moves since Rose arrived, you know, certainly, um, can be taken, um, whether you want to look favorably or unfavorably, um, it can't really be pinned squarely uh, on Perry, or Perry can't, you know, take full credit yeah. for it. But in the, in the interim, um, again. Uh, the the first order of business for Perry was that kind of clap, cap clearing, house cleaning stuff, traded away uh, Carmelo Anthony's contract, got yep. back a second, didn't have to take on any bloated contracts, got back a second round pick, which they used to draft uh, Mitchell Robinson with. Um, and then the biggest trade the next year, um, in, in uh, Jan- end of January 2019, obviously the Chris Stapps Porzingis trade, um, very controversial at the time far less controversial today um because of how well you know all the different aspects have played out for the knicks yeah um as you mentioned, the, the, the goal of the trade, they obviously traded in addition to KP, um, who had demanded a trade and was rehabbing an ACL, torn ACL. Um, they traded KP along with Hardaway Jr., so got off that contract, got off Courtney the yep. contract, entered the summer of 2019 with around $70 million in cap space. Obviously, we're hoping to sign a, a, a Kevin Durant, a Kawhi Leonard, uh, someone of that ilk, a, a max-level superstar. They ended up having to settle for Julius Randle. Um, as you note, um, looking back, it doesn't look like that band of a settling, um, right, two time exactly. all-star, two time, all NBA, um, Julius Randall won as many playoff series with the Knicks. That's one as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving won with the Nets one. Um, the other, um, interesting tidbit from that summer, um, at the end of the summer, they still had around $15 million in cap space. Mook Marcus Morris finds yep. out that you know he, he kind of breaks up his, his deal with the Spurs. Nick signed him for a one year, 15 million dollar contract. Then Perry flips him at the deadline for a first round pick from the Clippers. That's the pick that Perry used to select Emmanuel quickly. Exactly. Um, so that it was that kind of you know, again, it is rather a low bar, but Perry was in the room that decided not to make a decision that decided not to compound mistakes. Um, they needed right. someone. Kind of get everybody on track and say, hey, we're going to do things differently now. We're not going to sign washed up, you know, stars, uh, hoping that we can, you know, sell tickets and kind of generate interest. We're not going to yeah. trade future first round picks, uh, you know, and and roll the dice that way. We're going to act as a, um, a rebuilding franchise, act smartly. We're still going to try to stay, remain competitive. Uh, so, and as we sit here today, Knicks, uh, obviously traded the first round pick this in the 2023 draft for Josh Hart, but uh, control each of their following six picks after that. And four additional first round picks, um, those are the kind of moves. Those are the kind of things, um, that, uh, smart GMs do that, that forward thinking, yep. uh, front offices make. Um, and uh, obviously Rose deserves plenty of credit, but Scott Perry was kind of the guy that broke with, um, you know, that, that was, that was definitely, you know, obviously we have the Phil Jackson debacle and, and Steve Mills and his short time running the Knicks made a couple, uh, colossal mistakes. Yeah. Harry comes in, settles things down, takes a deep breath, um, makes a big move when he needs to in the, in the Porzingis trade that, that has certainly worked out well for New York. Um, when everybody told you, um, that it was the worst thing to ever happen to the, to the franchise, the Knicks. Yeah, were they
0: got rid of Hakeem Olajuwon.
1: Ex- exactly. A young Hakeem slash, you know, so um, all that said, um, was Perry perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but he does deserve a lot of credit for ushering the Knicks into this new era, which is obviously on the upswing. Um, and he was kind of the first uh, person to kind of get everybody together and say, hey, let's do this. He kind of set the stage and deserves credit with World Wide West and Rose and everybody that came yep. in since then. Um, but again, he deserves credit for where the team is now, especially when you look back at where it was six years ago.
0: Exactly. That's why I gave him a big salute to start the show. Shout out to Scott Perry. I only wish him the best of luck. And now the Knicks front office, where they go from here, who becomes the general manager? Is it, Gerson Rosas feels like the guy that's, like, right there that I guess would make sense. I don't know how much I love him being the general manager. I don't think he necessarily did a great job in Minnesota. I really didn't love that they even brought him into this front office. So, we'll see how that goes, I guess. But, again, shout out to uh, Scott Perry again. This really solid job makes OPD land on speed and can be better gig moving forward.